Moses in the CIA? I'm Moses, Ken Mosesian. And like my ancestor, I'm all about training individuals, teams, and companies how to lead. Now, I've joined forces with the CIA. I'm Dan Crum, known as the CIA. And I can help you win your best deal every time through my sales training, the CIA method. Join us as we talk about topics of life and business from two unique perspectives. Hello, Ken. How are you this fantastic morning? Morning. Can you believe it? 8 a.m. for me, Daniel. How are you doing? Where are you? Tell us where you are. <laughs> I am on the beautiful island of Kauai. And if you listen closely, you might hear the surf in the background because our condo is right on the ocean. You also might hear roosters crowing because they roam free here. And it's, uh, it's pretty awesome. Very cool. Are roosters on the menu there as well? No, they're not. Okay. I would like to think of them as a protected species here. <laughs> gotcha. They just roam free and you might hear them in the background. Awesome. Yeah. So um, I don't know what the right term is. Is it like I'm, is it baited with anticipation? What is, what is the right terminology for that? Oh, man, that's a great question. That's one that our listeners could respond to and let us know. We yeah. are, we are. <laughs> We are something with anticipation. I, yeah. It's a saying, right? It's a saying. Yeah. It's and not so, like waiting. It's no, yes. there's a phrase. <laughs> it's like bated breath, but it's like I'm baited with anticipation. I'm blah, blah, blah. So that's what we're talking about, Ken. What is this all about? Well, once we figure out what the phrase actually says, what we're talking about is what it takes to actually prepare for something great. So yesterday morning was our first day here. I got up at five o'clock, which was around daybreak. Everything was gray out. I mean, the sun hadn't risen yet. Um, the sky was kind of gray. The water was gray. It was super still. There weren't really any waves to speak of. And this lone truck pulls up. Guy jumps out, gets his wetsuit on, gets his surfboard out. And I thought, what's he doing? Like, the sun's not even up yet. There's nobody else out here. The water is almost still. And yet, this guy's paddling out and then just sitting in the middle of the ocean. I thought, that's eh, kind of meditative, I guess. You know, maybe it's his peaceful time. But something I, miraculous, even though it sure it happens every morning, happened right as the sun rose. All of a sudden, the surf picked up, like exponentially. And you could watch the, the waves turn bright white as they crested. The sea became kind of a cobalt blue instead of, um, instead of the, the gray that it was, the sky lit up as the sun was rising. And here's this guy who had gotten up earlier than anybody else, who took the time to, to paddle out and to wait patiently. And he's catching literally the first waves of the day. And he's got this entire stretch of ocean to himself. It was at least half an hour, if not 45 minutes before other people started to show up. But for that period of time, this guy who had the forethought, the patience, the wherewithal to get out there and just wait in the ocean for sunrise to hit, knew what was coming. He was, he was anticipating something really great. And it just it made me think, like, where in our lives at home, at work, are there places where we could do better? in preparing, 
where could we do better in anticipating what's to come and in so doing just have that pleasure and that enjoyment of of being there when it occurs as opposed to like rushing in at that moment and there was something about that that the calm and the peace and the anticipation that really struck me so that's what we're talking about today daniel i think back to probably analogy stories that I've told many times, but I'll repeat them because they're worth repeating, which is we all came from very early humans. We'll call them cavemen for this sake. And cavemen had to anticipate what might be outside of their cave when they exited it, right? And so people will talk about, um, so what do they do in anticipation? They sharpen their spear. And why do you sharpen your spear? Because you have to anticipate there could be a tribe waiting to attack, there could be some animal waiting, you know what I mean, to use you as uh, its meal. And so in anticipation of what might happen, you would then have to get prepared, right? And um, it makes me think of the fact that in today's world, we are anticipating a future in many times that's similar to this cave person, which almost is completely geared towards the negative, right? We're going, ooh, this could happen. This could happen. And that's built into our brains. Dr. Amen, if you look him up, it's like spelled like amen. Um, he says that it's called ants, automatic negative thoughts, right? So we anticipate what could go wrong because that is our best way to protect ourselves, right? That, that gets us to sharpen our spear to make sure that we are ready in case this thing that we can anticipate actually comes about. Like we're prepared. Um, but then I was thinking back to one of my favorite uh, sayings, which is luck is when preparation meets opportunity, right? But that is almost the flip side of this situation, right? So in one case, we're anticipating something bad. So we're preparing to fight off or run from the bad thing that could come about. But what if we flip our anticipation to what good is available to us, right? Like we flip it to, being prepared to seize an opportunity. Like we plan to go out and just notice the abundance of opportunity that's available to us. So then we can take advantage of that. Like we can seize that opportunity. So people will look at us and say, how lucky. And we were only lucky with a difference of mindset. Instead of our attention focusing on what could go wrong, we focus on what's available to us that could go right. And we were ready to take advantage of that. It reminds me a lot of that surfer, right? He had the anticipation to say, oh, I know what's coming and it's good. These are good waves. But if he had just sat there and said, I have to wait till the good waves arrive, right? Or thought of what could go wrong. Maybe it won't be good waves. He would never have taken that first opportunity to go out and anticipate what was ready to come. Yeah, I love that. And and the the story about the cavemen or the 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 first tribes that existed is is really powerful and we have talked about it before but it's so important because it's it's baked into our dna we're all about survival and and so of course we're programmed for negative thoughts because surviving is the most important thing like is it good for me is it bad for me is it safe is it dangerous those are those questions that are always running and playing so i think to your point it takes extra effort to be able to overcome that and and that that sometimes is missing from how people conceptualize their day, um, their career, their life, whatever. The default setting we have 
you know, good news, bad news. The default setting we have is for negative thought. But the good news is that it's set for negative thought in order to protect us. In present day, though, stepping out of our home isn't likely going to, you know, bring us face to face with a warring tribe or an animal ready to make a meal out of us. And so it's disproportionate to the threat that we feel. So we have to consciously think about how can I set myself up to anticipate the good? So I'll share a dream from last night, which like ties right into this. Um, the dream was kind of gray. In fact, the dream was sort of reminiscent of the 5 a.m. daybreak site that I had described at the beginning of this podcast. And in the dream, I was thinking about this coming week, recording a little video every day, um, talking about having a self-managed company. Uh, I've got an email to prepare to go out to my email list. And just sort of going through all that, and it felt a little bit like drudgery. It felt a little negative, like, oh, I have to do this. I have to do that. The anticipation was not positive. And then all of a sudden, and again, this is like in a dream. So it wasn't like me consciously making a decision. All of a sudden, something switched. And I thought, how lucky I am to have an email list to send to. How fortunate I am to have something to say of value that people actually want to hear based on the comments I'm getting back and the growing number of people listening. How blessed I am to have clients that value the services I provide. And the entire dream, Dan, went to bright color. I mean, it went from gray to sunrise. And I thought, this is just magnificent, like the most magnificent feeling I've had. And it was that reframe it was changing it from drudgery to opportunity, from woe is me to how blessed I am. And, and, it, and it happened in an instant. And I just want to stress that, that it literally can happen as quickly as you're willing to shift your thoughts. Like in a moment, it can happen. And I'd encourage everybody to take a look at what's going on in life that, that you have negative anticipation around and think about what you can do to reframe that. One of the things that I think is really cool is if we look at the outside sources that affect the way we feel, it is always the, um, the events that do not align with our anticipation of the events, right? So we, we in our heads imagine a future of what's going to happen. And if those events um, are better than we imagine, we are happy. And if they're worse, we're obviously disappointed. We're on the negative spectrum of emotions. That's what we feel. Um, so what do we do? What do we do to protect ourselves? We, we as humans, we constantly, I'll say, lower our expectations, our anticipation. It becomes worse. We, we attach what they call baggage, right? It's like, ah, been burned before, had those, had that, uh, had those thoughts of how it was going to go. It didn't turn out that way. So now I need to keep lowering what I expect to be lower and lower and lower, then we can finally be happy, right? Because if I make this, my anticipation so low, that probably will be terrible. Then hopefully it won't be that terrible and it'll be a little bit better. But how does this align? I, most of my coaching or a lot of my coaching uh, is with athletes. And so their anticipation is always about their game, their performance, their match, their event, whatever they're about to participate in where they will literally be judged by a score of some kind, right? There is a clear like uh, 
succeed or fail. There's a clear winner or loser in these situations. You can't get out of that. Does it serve you in this situation to ever anticipate, I'm going to lose, I'm going to fail, right? So where we do this in life, you can't do this in any situation. I call it your performance event, right? If you're an athlete, but your performance event actually happens in your life just as a regular person. In your job, your boss or your colleagues or their situations, maybe you're giving a presentation where people are judging you and they're deciding, do I buy or not, right? Do you keep your job or not? All these things. So it doesn't serve you in many situations to just lower our expectation, lower what we're thinking is going to happen just so we can get the emotional state of being happy. So the flip, this uh, is a way that I like to make people think through and analogize it is in your own mind. Obviously, this is not what you say to other people because you'd be very arrogant. But in your own mind, you have this extreme positive expectancy. All that means is that um, if there's the binary choice of fail or succeed, you think all I do is succeed. So uh, there's a good song that says, all I do is win, 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 no matter what. Like, that's the way you think. It's like, someone's like, how were you going to do? But this is in your own mind. You think all I do is win. Of course, I'm going to win. Of course, I'm going to succeed, right? Because that that is the only thing that serves you. So your anticipation of your performance event has to always start with, you know, like what's going to happen? All I do is win. So I'm definitely going to win. I'm definitely going to be successful. So I like to think about it like a, um, a bank account and your bank account is only full of wins. So when you're about to perform and you go to the ATM to withdraw, there's a certificate that says win all the time because that's all you ever do. Sometimes though, uh, you hit withdraw and it pops out and it says you lose. And this should confuse you if you have the right mindset. You should be like, wait, 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 what? That makes no sense because all I do is win. But then you look down at your arm and we tattooed a word on it. And that word is perspective. That perspective is what you remember myself as your coach taught you, which is you have positive expectancy with perspective. All you do is win, but sometimes life events, performances surprise you. And that thing pops up and says you lose. We have the perspective to know that this coach went on this journey before you, has been on this journey with other people so he can anticipate what's going to happen. And he didn't want to tell you, but that's why he tattooed the word perspective to say, oh, he told me things would surprise me sometimes. So you're surprised when something doesn't go as you plan it. But as we anticipate our lives, stop lowering your anticipation to be just enough where you can still be happy with emotions and start flipping it to have this positive expectancy with that perspective to be able to always anticipate a future that serves you, right? Because that's what's going to set you up to really be successful. I think that's so important because the the logical extension of that is if happiness depends on an event occurring and we judge that event as not as good as it could have been, then we're never going to achieve it. It's like, well, it was okay, but it wasn't great. And I, I come back to the fact that happiness is a choice. I can choose to get up in the morning and see things through the lens of happiness. I can choose to, to see things through the lens of gratitude. I can choose to say, I always win. And if I don't, like you said, there's some perspective. There's a lesson to be learned. 
there's there's just like this is life. Sometimes this stuff happens, but it doesn't change my outlook and it doesn't change my happiness. And I think that's one of the most challenging things is that we link happiness to outcome as opposed to happiness as a state of being. Who do you want to configure yourself to be in the morning when you get up? I don't wake up naturally that way. When I get up in the morning, that's why I take time for meditation and prayer every single morning before I do anything else, before I sit down with my husband for a cup of coffee, before I take the dog for a walk, I am doing my meditation first thing so I can configure my mind for happiness and for the outcomes that I want to have during the day. And I don't link the two together. I choose to be happy today. Things didn't go exactly the way I wanted. That's okay. I'll learn from it. I'll pick myself up, dust myself off, and I'll keep going. Tomorrow, I'm going to win again. But my happiness isn't dependent on winning or losing. My happiness is dependent on the state of mind that I configure for myself every morning. And if need be, again at noon, and if need be, before I go to bed at night, I continually make those adjustments during the day so I can treasure every single moment of what's happening. I think the the other piece in there that that matters so much is that this stuff works. Like it actually works. I have this phrase, people love to give me great stuff. And and it came out of nowhere. It was this was like 10 years ago. I called I called I, I'm a frequent flyer on Delta Airlines. I called Delta and I had had Okay, granted, first world problem coming up. Um, just trigger alert in case anybody's out there listening. Um, I was sitting in first class and my uh, tray was broken. So they had to serve my breakfast on a tray that I had to put on my lap. I know, horrible, shock. Just the suffering that went on was absolutely insurmountable. Yet I made it through somehow on this transatlantic flight. I took a photo of that. And I sent just kind of a joking note to customer experience at Delta. And I said, not exactly the first class experience that I was expecting, ha ha ha. But thanks to the flight attendants who were super gracious and took great care of me all the way from Phoenix to New York, I, I really appreciate you guys. They wrote back and they go, not exactly the first class experience we wanted to deliver. Here's 20,000 bonus miles. And when Bob asked me what happened, I go, yeah, people just love to give me great stuff. And so that's become like the catchphrase now. And every day I get up, it's like, people love to give me great stuff. People give me great stuff. Like every day something happens where I go, yep, yeah, that makes sense. People love to give me great stuff. And it just sets you up in a much better mind space, not just to be happy. Like I said, that's a state of being. That's a choice. It sets me up to approach other human beings in such a positive way. Because I have this positive expectation for myself, and I have a positive expectation not just of what I'll receive, but of what I'll give. I love to give people great stuff. Like it, the receiving has actually taught me to be generous, to like give, because I want other people to be able to say, people love to give me great stuff. And if I can be a channel to help other people get great stuff, man, I'm going to do it every single time. And that's the thing that just, that brings joy to life, right? That, that giving just brings absolute joy to my life. So whether we accept this or not, we are in constant anticipation in our minds, right? So we are 
thinking ahead. So I go back to our first ever podcast. We said, live like an alcoholic because, you know, we want to live in the now we want to live in the present. Um, and like Ken talked about in the morning doing meditation, um, just take a moment, whatever you call it, it doesn't matter. Take a moment and close your eyes and think about the day that's ahead of you and anticipate it in the way that serves you. Um, in sports, we call this mental rehearsal. So just kind of think through how things are going to play out and see them going well for you. So that's the one takeaway you have from this entire uh, time we've been talking. It would just be that it's start tomorrow morning and just take that extra minute and just close your eyes and think about the day ahead and see it going well, anticipate a day that goes well, and then watch yourself be receiving of good things because whether you call it manifestation or not, it tends to align with what we expect to happen. So anticipate a day that's going to go really amazing for you. Thank you for listening. To learn more, check out MosesInTheCIA.com. To learn more about Ken Mosesian, check out Mosesian.com. To learn more about Dan Crum, check out DanCrum.com. Mm-hmm.